0: The only reason why I did that, I had a monster last night, the only reason why I had that is because, um. The movie. No, not movie. No, because we fucking. The the last couple movies that I watched while I was high, I was. I fucking fell asleep during. And I'm like, I can't keep doing that because then I gotta go back and rewatch the movie. It's (laughs) not like for 10 minutes. You gotta pay again. Yeah, and it's not like for 10 minutes or anything. It's a situation of where, like. I'm fucking asleep for the whole movie and I wake up yeah. like it happened with me in Ad Astra it happened with me during Richard Jewell it happened to me a couple years ago with Bohemian Rhapsody Brian, that was like a Tuesday night at 10 o'clock yeah. but still it's like I fell asleep for the entire fucking movie I at the very least want to know what I'm talking about even if it's a piece of shit movie that I don't care about I at the very least want to be involved what would be
1: really funny is if we all saw movies high and had to like do an actual review oh, for we it but like do that half of us point. fell asleep so we're like do you remember that part? We're like, of course i remember that uh, like, see, that's, that, that, that's,
2: that that, that's the
0: thing awesome. i think we will end up doing that at some point where we kind of all get <laughs> together and either do drunk reviews or high reviews like we've had reviews before where we've done like you know had a couple beers but there's a difference between like having a couple beers and get fucked yeah. up
1: so like drunk history yeah <laughs> drunk <laughs> history of, of tv yeah.
2: Like, yeah or of uh whatever well, well i mean that that, that certainly sounds like you guys like- talk tv yeah, As we do. Well. We've done the boys. Wait, wait, we've we talk, done wait, Silicon we do? Valley. We,
0: do? we we do the thing that we have our title hmm. that that is our title. We do that, oh, Cause yeah. that oh, it? Because oh, I've yeah.
1: only heard movies that you guys talked
0: about so no, far. I'm, I'm, I'm busting balls aside. No, we talked about. We had an episode on Silicon Valley. We had an episode on Watchmen. Uh, we oh Watchmen. oh fantastic. You watch watch it review. was my favorite thing. You, you gotta watch I'll it. But it's
2: the only it thing we've we've actually a hundred percent pretty much agreed on so far in the show. Well, no, that and Barry. That and Barry. Oh yeah, Barry. Yeah, we both love Barry. Yeah. So so with that being said, I mean, we're talking about a bunch of things, but Dom, what are we talking yeah, definitely. about today? So first oh, off, we started the Joe Rogan oh, fuck, cold oh, intro. Fuck
0: that. Yeah, no, so of course I am Dom the movie nerd, once again, joined by Chris. The TV nerd, <laughs> <laughs>
1: and V1. Joey, just a normal nerd. Oh, bad. No, see, no see, New York average Joe. See, that's the thing, this is not your average nerd. That's the thing. There you go. That's my name. That's my name. Remember that, Chris?
0: Remember that, Dom? Not your, not your average Joe. Not your average Oh, oh shit, not your, aver- my not your average. Joe. average Joe. Oh, my Twitter and Instagram is NYS Joe.
1: Oh, that works. Because I'm from New York Alright See, I'm Sounds clever. Good. I'm a writer. See guys? Oh, See, all right, all right, all right, all right.
0: Okay, we get it. Flexing your writer <clears throat> <versus comment clears throat> there. But anyway, so yeah. So <laughs> as with the casual tone that this episode started off with, this one, it's gonna be more of a, you know, a little bit of a chilling session, a little bit of a hanging session, you know, kind of the whole well to, to quote Chris in some of his favorite terms. You know, he loves the hangs, the chills, the sup bros. But we're dropping the stuff? G from it. So it's yes, like the chilling. exactly. We, ha- chillin. we have to do that. That's the, yeah, 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 the chilling. Yeah. That's my thing. Not the chilling out podcast. No G, no chillin
2: out podcast. Yeah, yeah no G's so, allowed.
0: <laughs> Chris, and Joe, we're to kind of bounce off of uh, certain topics. So obviously, I think it's safe to say that we're in a little bit of an, I would dare to say, oversaturation of superhero content right now. You can't fucking take a step out of your goddamn house without seeing some... The fuck it, even in your house, you can't like turn on your phone without seeing (laughs) some news, some notification about some new superhero property, some new TV show, some new movie, comic, video game, whatever. You know, literally no joke. We're in a universe where the Spider-Man PS4 game can get almost as much press and attention as the latest live-action Spider-Man movie. We're living in that kind of a world right now. Love it.
1: Nerds are what taking
0: that over. Means, uh, yeah, it's great. Nerds are taking over the planet and the pop culture status and, and, and everything. And but but what the, the effect that that has on movies aside. So, what I kind of wanted the focus of this episode to be is I kind of wanted to focus on kind of what I would argue is really the thing that started it. So, obviously we've had again, this has been talked about to death on the internet about the origin of superheroes in cinema, superheroes in the movies. But I think we can all agree, Chris, obviously you've had your thoughts on these guys. Let's break it down. It's actually funny because it actually goes back to not our first episode, but our first ever rec- Recorded episode that still is, as of yet, the only talking TV episode that was unreleased, where it was you, me, and Andrew, Guillaume, Gomai, however the fuck you say his last
2: name. I like saying it the wrong way. Yeah, it's more fun to say it the wrong way.
0: Um, Where we talked about Avengers Endgame, and you voiced your heavy disdain for it, and then Andrew was kind of the voice of reason for it. But again, it's safe to say that Marvel (laughs) is the big reason kind of behind (laughs) a lot of the um, Marvel stuff. Uh, Just the superhero vast amount Of superhero content that we've gotten. You know. Obviously from DC trying to mimic them. And and mimic their formula for the first couple of years. To Sony doing whatever the hell they're doing. To all the video games. TV shows. All the different stuff that we've gotten. I think it's safe to say it all stems from Marvel and Kevin Feige. Taking the idea of a superhero movie. And blowing that up. And taking that to the next step. And making a superhero universe cinematic. You know. So what I kind of wanted to talk about today. Was kind of. Obviously, again, I think it's safe to say that all of the other kind of ancillary and more niche comic brands aside, I, I can't really think of them. any of them coming to the top of my head. I think it's safe to say that obviously the biggest clash between ideologies has always been this idea of Marvel versus DC. Now, it's a thing that I Ba-ba-ba. never – well, that's the thing. Is that <laughs> I, I don't like putting any drama behind it because the whole thing of – and I'm really glad because it has, for the most part, gone away. <clears throat> Over the last couple of years. But the thing that I never really understood is just like, why the need for enmity? You know, like, what, what is it? Like, who gives a shit about which one is better? per se you know they're both enjoyable in their own rights. you know they do different things they have you know besides not really having different characters again the whole there's a whole joke about how every other marvel and dc characters rip ripoff of one another of one another but though but there is something to be said about the visions of stanley and jack kirby when they started marvel versus whoever it is that started dc again it's, it's kind of funny how uh you you absolutely remember the guys who started marvel but nobody yeah. th- nobody knows who the fuck started dc nobody knows never that thought shit. about Couldn't
2: that name it if there was a gun in literally my head. No, yeah i i don't <laughs> No, like I don't I even know if, I,
0: don't, I don't even know you. if the internet knows the answer to that question. But so <laughs> literally, so so Origin obviously entitled Detective Detective Comics. Obviously, they they were kind of started off as kind of these more noir-based darker comics versus Marvel. Obviously, wanted to start off with kind of these more humanistic branded things. You know, Stanley kind of like a before his time, Alan Moore or um, George R.R. R. Martin basically with the fantasy genre he basically wanted to take a look at the idea of what if we do these more real struggles what if a superhero had to struggle with grades what if a superhero had to struggle with like paying taxes what if a superhero struggled with depression and shit like that and that obviously is what gave us the rich slate of Marvel characters that we've gotten so Chris you've kind of talked a lot about kind of your not enmity but kind of the differences between what you like about Marvel versus what you like about DC so I guess in order to kind of kick this conversation off what is it about each of those types each of those two distinctions? distinct comic brands, properties, IPs, what have you. What is it about each property that stands out to you? And what is it that you say like slash dislike about each one?
2: Well, first off, let me ask you, how much time do you got? Uh, I don't know. Look at, look at a watch. I'm not doing anything else for the rest of the day. Well, then that's the answer I wanted to hear. So so basically, all jokes aside, one thing I will say is to throw it back to the uh, the intro, your your, your your great monologue, by the way. Oh, thank you. Um, It's not that I want... DC to be better in the sense that better than Marvel I just want DC to be better if that makes sense I just feel like they're not at the full potential they should be at and if you guys remember way back when when we did our um Harley Quinn episode uh, of the Birds of Prey movie I was saying that it's not that I I'd like you know um the the Marvel movies I, I hate I don't hate them it's just that I think that DC has stronger characters and I think they've always had stronger characters at least in the way I perceive things, in the way I enjoy art and consume art. So, so real quick, right now, you're talking specifically about like the cinematic universes that we've got, not just the
0: brands, the IP in general. Just the cinematic movies that we've gotten that have been attached to each of the respective universes within, associated with each brand.
2: Yeah, so what I'm trying to say is that I do think that on paper, DC's characters... There is obviously way more material, as they've been a company for a little while longer, and I just think that their characters could be and should be more likable than the Marvel characters. Marvel characters, to me, they, they're not that they're one-dimensional, but they certainly don't have as many layers as the DC characters do. I, I used to be an avid comic reader, and I still do read my fair share of comics, and, you know... Very much so often, I would find myself putting down a new Marvel run around episode 12 or, or 13, issue 12 or 13, but with the DC run, I mean, I'm still reading Aquaman, and that's almost at, like, 80 or something. Like, I just can't put that one down. Even in the, the the issues that aren't as strong as the, you know, the the really significant ones, like if you go back to issue 12 on this new run, him and Superman have this awesome confrontation, and that's still talked about by a lot of people, but, like, even the lesser issues and the ones that sort of set things up have more resonance with me. So that's why it baffles me that Marvel is winning this sort of like cinematic battle. And like the whole thing of like, should art compete? I don't think it should. That's a whole nother podcast. But since you started off like begging the question of like, why do people want one to be better than the other? that I don't know but what I do know is one is better than the other and I can't understand why.
0: Well, I guess in kind of to order to answer that question again it's a twofold thing of tackling different types of IPs and how they're presented. We're obviously the idea of a comic book series versus a movie series. Those are two different things, you know. Obviously, with the comic book series, you know, th- 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 it's, it's the idea of anything would happen to do with a popular book series, where you can kind of introduce these new characters kind of off the whim, you know, because they are so short-form, because they are so free. Like, comic book, the idea of these long-running comic book stories, to me, really is still like a recent phenomenon, because for the most part, again, I don't want to call them disposable, but for the longest time, the comic book medium was almost seen as kind of this quick, short-form, almost like these epic, kind of like, for lack of a better word, to, in order to compare it to the modern- They kind of these YouTube videos. It's something you just watch within a few seconds that'll entertain you for that amount of time, put it down, move on to the next one. You know, you're entertained (laughs) in that moment, you forget about it, you move on. Movies are obviously a lot more different because obviously you're asking a lot more of your audience, you know, you're asking them to not just read something quickly that'll entertain them for about three seconds and not actually ask them to give any thought to it. Now you're asking them to sit in a dark room for two hours or more, potentially, in order to watch these these caped crusaders you know or whatever and all these big effects and all this grand spectacle on the screen and for the longest time that was really difficult to do so i guess in the sense of why why it is we keep coming back to marvel and why we keep admiring them and giving them so much credit versus dc which seems to keep floundering over and over again is the fact that they were able to not only achieve a few movies you know because trilogies by the time the first iron man movie came out trilogies were already had already been proven to be a working thing you know obviously we had four Batman movies say what you will about them three Lord of the Rings movies you know three Star Wars movies three Indiana Jones movies at the time you know we don't talk about the fourth one but no, you see my point so the idea of continuing series of movies that already been a proven track record for almost as long as cinema itself but with the Marvel Cinematic Universe you're talking about something different because to me what, and again what I feel like so what so many people admire about the Marvel movies and why they give them so much credit is not necessarily because of their quality it's because they were able to take a comic book storytelling medium and turn that into a cinematic medium which still again correct me if I'm wrong but no other studio has been able to do that in a sense again you have long-running movie franchises that wasn't anything new you know we had James Bond again even though not all the Batman movies were tied together you still had Batman you had eight Harry Potter movies you know they were sold in the middle of their run by that point but in terms of taking one long continuous comic book style story, taking all these different characters from all these different facets and kind of tying them up in one kind of continuing series. Again, almost like a television series, but again, the it's the idea of a comic book storytelling method being told in cinema and having it being as popular and well-received by a general public, not a niche comic book audience, a general movie-going public because movies are supposed to be for everyone that to me is where this kind of the staying power and the admiration and the love for marvel comes from. I would say more so than the individual quality of their movies. So, kind of bouncing from that, Joe, what what is kind of your whole thought on this whole Marvel versus DC thing?
1: Personally, I am a DC fan. I'll say that right off the bat. I know a lot more about the DC universe. I think and when it comes to the cinematic universe, I think it's more of a Disney versus Warner Brothers because Disney Absolutely. has proven that they can just dish out amazing content all the content we want and that we didn't even know that we needed is coming out of disney and it's been all incredible basically for the most part for the most part hits and misses here and there but but. warner brothers is consistently failing dc and like up until recently where we've gotten the movies like birds of prey we've gotten uh shazam and aquaman and wonder woman which i very much loved a lot of
2: those a few diamonds Um, in the rough if you will yeah exactly (laughs) but like
1: starting off it was bad and like we we wanted it so bad because we've seen what marvel has been able to do with it what disney's been able to do with all of that ip and it's been great like it it's kind of like i i want to see how dc would have done the formula that marvel had already done we did got the iron man we got the thor we got you know all of these great characters their origin stories captain america we get to see them and get to see them grow up into these heroes within like what you're talking about these trilogies that are happening and then we don't get that from DC. Right. We don't get any, we are still only on one, the, what's coming to be sequels for wonder woman for Aquaman. Right. And that's when we're falling in love with these characters Which already
0: as it is feel like afterthoughts because these are characters that we didn't get there just do until one after what was supposed to be the big team up movies. It's like, it's literal backwards thinking. Yeah. Where, they skipped it. Yeah, so they literally skipped past all of the origin of the world building just to get to the team up movies. They, so you they, know they what wanted I've, to compete.
2: You so know what I've bad. realized now doing our second episode here with Joe and sort of like dissecting this this topic because Joe, just so you know, <laughs> Disney's come up, I think, on our Silicon Valley episode. It's come up I think it's found a it's way to come up on, on our boys boy's the one I think they've taken a way over come the literally world. Literally every so, single
0: one of our episodes yeah. that we've done so far. I don't think there's yeah. been a single episode where we haven't talked about Disney.
2: And so I like I Are think Are they here <laughs> right now? Is that the Pixar <laughs> what they They're watching <clears> us? Yeah, dude. Mickey get the fuck We off just have the to look at the toy Story. But but in all in all seriousness like the How thing I, I think I've learned really is at first I was definitely angry at something. And I think what I was upset about was the fact that I saw smart people, people who I know can look at a movie and and see all the layers, not just go in and numb themselves and, and take themselves out of their bad work week. People who can dissect it and analyze it, like, you know, you and, and Dom and and all all of my friends who, like, I think I, I hang out with smart, artistic people. And so I was always, like, upset. And I was like... This movie didn't work for me, but like why do they what do they get from it? And so then I realized in our conversations doing this podcast, now we're on like episode like whatever, we've we've gone for some time now. And so at first I was upset with the formula, right? That that's what I'm getting at. I was mad that they had a formula because the I the Marvel didn't, formula you're referring to. Yes, the okay. Marvel formula, yeah, yeah. because I and then they've also now mini Star Wars formula, like yeah. they've you yeah. know the Disney trickle-down formula. And I was mad <laughs> at that because I don't think True. it's right to put art in a box, right? I, I try not to do that. But then I Realized maybe that's not such a bad thing. Maybe, maybe it, it could be a good thing. And so I've, I've kind of learned to admire the formula. I don't really like the pieces of the puzzle that Disney has to play with, with inside that formula. Like I said, I think that DC is a, is a stronger world, a stronger IP. But one thing that fascinates me is, is it that, and this is what I'm still fighting to figure out inside of my head, is it that the formula is so perfect that when, like you guys said, DC tried to jump the shark, right? Just get right into the Justice League, and that was miserable. Terrible, awful. And 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 is it that the time and care that we got before we had Ant-Man and Wasp, we just had Ant-Man, and then we had the Ant-Man and Wasp, and then we saw them all on the then big screen did. and all those... Yes. Like, is it that that's the only way it can be done? Or is it that the, uh, War- uh, Warner Brothers is just too concerned in like the marketing war to throw it back to to the first time we spoke you know that that's the part so i think i'm not as angry at disney i think i kind of in a weird way maybe this is stockholm from how much we've spoken (laughs) about it i'm starting to admire what they're able to do and how they're able to produce time and time again but I don't understand. Yeah, say what you why will about I feel the, this about way. about the
0: quality, yeah. but at the very least, from a business and
2: a marketing standpoint, you got to admire them what they do. Yeah. But in
0: order to kind of answer your question, I feel like that's a twofold thing, specifically with Disney. One, it's the fact of when Marvel was doing it. They it, again, if you're talking not like mid 2010s when everyone was in like the miss of copying them, like 2014 to 2016 when everyone was really trying to copy them, and then later on 2017 to 19, that's when DC was like really reaping the effects of of what they'd done and really started to try and course correct here. But I'm talking in the early 2010 like 2008 to 2012 and 13 it was a fact of it wasn't just that marvel was kind of revolution it was the fact of nobody was doing what they were doing that's the thing not yes. our, uh, now obviously we have the benefit of hindsight and that we can kind of look back and see everything that's come as a result of it but back then 2008
1: to nobody was doing stuff kind of like marvel you know like and, and like not like to, like that to that level that of like a big budget to that sense yeah like to that point like and marvel has stumbled like there is yeah, Thor two, there uh, is Iron Man three, hits all the time. So, but we don't take yeah, those as like death. Iron
0: Man two was Tomorrow. almost well, now is like almost critically reviled, and Thor in the first Captain America. Even though those were both box office and critic successes when they came out, looking back, those still come off as like some of the weaker entries in the MCU. Like they weren't all smash hits. Like to me, if you're talking that phase one of Marvel to be the only ones that were smash hits, great critically received fantastic box office numbers and still stood the test of time and still being great movies the only phase one movies that still stand out to me are the first iron man and the first avengers movie
2: so yeah uh, then i got two things i gotta one i gotta ask you guys is do do you like their ability to recover is that the ip just being so strong or is that the formula and also was this planned out in advance because this is something that i'm not afraid to say i don't have much knowledge of i know phase four is undergoing from where we're currently at but like was there a preconceived like phase one phase two or was it just that the first iron man hit so well that they had to do more it's a situation of where
0: kevin feige had an idea it's very similar i think to what david chase kind of did with the sopranos and again kind of breaking in, bringing in the hbo model of kind and and crafting kind of the serialized television shows and again kind of bringing in why the sopranos was so revolutionary because it took the idea of kind of taking television which again a disposable medium that again people just turned on randomly in the week in order to forget about their day and just everybody talked about it, to kind of taking that idea and turning it into these serialized stories that people could follow for True. years and still keep track of and follow it you know obviously Lost really tried to jump on that with making a beginning and end story that would last for years and obviously that didn't work out so well for them but it was this idea Ross of was dope. kevin feige yeah, again was dope. he JJ doesn't my boy. oh my god he doesn't <laughs> have the exact idea like he doesn't he doesn't come up with the idea for what they're going to do in iron man and know exactly where it's going to end of in course. Avengers Endgame of obviously course. you'd be a fool to think that and again especially considering of on the Harley Quinn episode when I talked about it literally the idea for the cinematic universe came from the studio executives not Kevin Foggy, laying out fucking toys on a table and ta- and saying kids and test su- to kids and test subjects pick out which toy you think looks the coolest and which one yeah. you would want to watch a movie over that is the, so let's get that out the bat that is the origin again just from a marketing a money standpoint that is the reason why we have the Marvel <laughs> Cinematic Universe but in order to kind of bring it back it's a sense of, and how it all kind of, all this stuff kind of connects is it's kind of like, like something that you brought up jazz where they have the general idea, you know, they don't exactly know how it's going to happen, but they know at some point, okay, Thanos is the big bad that we're building towards. How are we going to bring him in, you know? Phase one is easy. It's literally origin story after origin story after origin story. They knew the formula there. They had that crack. The the origin formula, that had been cracked back in 78 with the first Superman movie. They knew how to do that. So they figured, hey, let's introduce all these characters, get their origins out of the way. For the most part, let's hope they don't fail, and then we'll put them together as a
1: team, you know? That was their first step. And who the fuck at goddamn Warner Brothers and DC said, you know what we're doing? Justice League, Right. But so... To kind of, and,
0: <laughs> we saw no, it. No, but, but again, in order, kind of,
1: but in order to kind of bounce off, but that was just the
0: first step. And the next step is, okay, well, we can't just do another bunch of origin stories and then build up to another big team-up movie. That didn't... You know, that doesn't really work. And so with Phase 2, again, Phase 2 is a, is a situation where it's like I both admire it and I don't admire it because some of my least favorite Marvel movies came from Phase 2 and some Agreed. of my favorite Marvel movies came from Phase 2, where Phase 2, again, they experimented out a little bit, obviously, with... Uh, James Gunn with Guardians of the Galaxy with the Russos and what they did for Captain America the Winter Soldier I still like can't believe that the Winter Soldier uh, is not only like my favorite Marvel sequel but to me still one of the best movies that Marvel's ever done that again that um, what's it called? But also we still got Iron Man 3 and Thor the Dark World, you know? And that and that kind of again was a was a weird place for Marvel because that was when Kevin Feige, he had a lot more power. Again, this was the guy who had just pulled off the Avengers, which up to that point was like the biggest movie on the planet. Like nobody else had pulled yeah. off something like that. So again, so again, he's got a little bit more flex and power with Disney. So he's coming into problems with his boss, Ike Pearl Mutter, who again their feuds and some of the microcosms that they had, you know, it would be amazing to you know for me to break that down and all those specific things, but that's thing that we'll have to go into it for another podcast there's so week. many fucking things to talk about <laughs> there but so come 2015 with avengers age of ultron again the, the the movie that people have talked about constantly as being probably the most problematic of the big team up movies only because of uh, again all the fact of oh they said it was oh jasmine was under too much pressure oh uh it was too similar to the first one but ultimately at the end of the day the thing about age of ultron is that it was the studio or in this case perlmutter or whoever just wanting the the to repeat this again kind of the old studio mindset mentality of just wanting to repeat the success of the first Avengers you know it's just we had this this worked how do we do it again you know that age-old problem again where we talked about with sequelitis you know where it's like how do you do a good sequel that manages to stand on its own as being something new while at the same time not repeating everything that the old one did and that is where Age of Ultron came in and that's kind of where the divide came in where Kevin Feige finally had enough went to Iger and said you know what I'm taking Marvel as my own thing you know Perlmutter can have his thing with the TV shows and all that that I don't give a shit about you know, because we obviously that was the beginning of the Netflix stuff. All that stuff was was going on, but he's like, I don't care about any of that. I'm taking the movies and I'm going on one di- in this one direction. You know, Ant-Man. We had that again. That was kind of another origin story, but again, it's kind of the idea of building in and improving in all these new characters. Because at the end of the day, we know we want all of these guys on screen and it's for when we're gonna go Thanos. But the point being is, and this is what I was talking about with my episode when, when I was talking about on my top ten with Kevin Feige and how he's the only studio head, money guy head. You know, we always talk about the differences in Hollywood between the money guys and the creative guys and how they constantly come to clashes and blows. And that's a very popular, you know, clickbaity thing to talk about now. But we forget that without those two collaborations between the creators and the producers, we don't have movies, you know, we don't have some of the great movies that we've gotten. So the thing that I always liked about Kevin Feige is he was again, a producer, a money guy who had a creative, like artistic vision Maybe not artistic, but a vision for where he wanted these characters to go, you know? Because at the end of the day, he's like, I don't know what they're going to do to get there. But at the end of the day, I, all of these characters are going to be on screen, on that battlefield. They're going to be facing Thanos or whatever army he has. And the Infinity Stones are going to factor in somehow.
2: Yeah, whether or not you, you like that arc, at least what we're getting from Marvel is thought and care. Yes, which, it's
0: thought and it's care. Which and there was and none it, 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 of that. But it's more, so, it's like more that do. it's
2: foresight it's foresight yeah. which
0: again is something that at the end of the day say what you all about DC so, DC did not have so that. then nope. I want
2: to I want to swing this one to Joe but I also want to know what you think and then I obviously also want to chime in with that being said because that was a nice little summarization a nice little crash course in the thought process the history of how Marvel sort of has come to craft this formula and become obviously the superhero powerhouse at the box office but so now that we've we've seen a, a fair amount of outings from uh, DC and they've obviously sort of taken that formula and said a big fuck you to it, is there in even... more ways than one? And, yeah. and you you did start off by saying there was a few diamonds in the rough. But like, do they have a real a real chance here? Do you think even if they adopt the formula, there's a chance at this point? Or, or do you think that they've sort of already, you know, they're like a few feet in the grave right now? Like, what do you think about? I that? think that they have lost the battle at this point obviously the
1: infinity saga just wrapped up there's the entire dvd set now they won it's that
2: versus what right. we if, got if we're in talking Justice about it from
0: like a competitive edge like just winners yeah. losers yes
2: it's safe to say Marvel I, won. well i guess yeah. more so what i'm asking is like do you think audiences are willing to keep giving them a chance not even like saying the two like monetary production like competition that, that's a whole different discussion yeah. that's a whole different discussion well, no no no, it's not because listen, hear me out. What I, what I'm saying is we, we you painted the picture of how the Marvel formula works and and why it works and and why it's been taken so long to craft and come to life because it was it was thought out from the beginning. It wasn't just throwing darts at a wall and seeing what sticks. So do you think that Disney sort of has trained the audiences in such a way let me rephrase my question that they can't appreciate a different approach like Warner Brothers is bringing and because Warner Brothers didn't choose to adopt this origin stories first then let's team them up then let's make this ultimate bad guy like do you think that there's a chance in that sense that's what I mean by a chance for Warner Brothers to take these characters that we know people love I mean there's 75 years of Batman and Superman material that that for the most part when you have a character going on for that long and more of it hits than fails there's something there that yeah, we're just i mean not seeing to translate. me
1: it's that what you were saying in that dc had that chance like they, they when they came in they were like you know what we're gonna do we're gonna do like man of steel we're gonna start it off just like they did with iron man this is gonna be our first movie and maybe a before dc that, again the fact that they, they, they tried something even before that that
0: nobody wants to talk about or that everybody forgets was supposed to be their real star before Man of Steel two years before, a little movie called Green Lantern.
1: That yeah. movie was supposed whoa, to be whoa, the whoa, start off. Whoa. Where's DC right now? They're probably going to like strike this as like, yeah, don't like we don't talk about that. Yeah, anymore. exactly. No, but that's my point. But, <laughs> but, but like. back
0: then, again, when when the first Thor and first Captain America, they tried to jump on that train before the Avengers came out. That and they tried them to, to the point where they tried to co- even cop where they were copying Marvel, even to the point where they were trying to copy Marvel's tone before you even really had the consistent Marvel tone that you know about from Phase Two and Three. You know that tone, image, well, that, that again, it was only present in two things: the first Iron Man. And the first Avengers. You didn't have that tone in all the other Phase 1 movies.
1: Green Lantern was the death of DC. Before it even got started. Before it even started because let me tell you about the repercussions that that had. So Green Lantern came in as basically what Marvel was doing. So I think DC was like, okay, we see the formula. This is what's working. Why don't we try something like this? We're going to do a Green Lantern movie. We're going to do a Superman movie. And we're going to do these things. Green Lantern came out. It had a very similar tone to what Marvel was doing. If you didn't know if it was DC versus Marvel, you could have possibly even seen like the similarities between those movies. Because those universes are obviously very similar. We talk about it all the time. Green Lantern got ripped. and But Ryan Reynolds was the perfect Hal Jordan. Yeah, I'm going to say I, well, that. I liked him as Hal Jordan. Just the movie around him sucked. Terrible. Everybody knows that. Now DC is a joke, right? Now they're like, okay, what do we do with this IP? We're going to say, fuck that. And now we're going to go to, dare I say, dark. And they're going to go with (laughs) Zack Schneider. And they're going to go with this gritty universe that is, if superheroes were real, what are their deepest struggles? What are these characters' deepest things that they're going through? Like Man of Steel. But before you come up and cut me off in this, this is like, Justice League was terrible because... Green Lantern wasn't in it. Green Lantern and Chris, my brother, talks about this to me all the time. Green Lantern and the Flash were both versions of the committee relief in the Justice League, but Green Lantern was most of it. And I don't know what you like, guys, think of that. about
0: say, that. That's breaking down like getting into like specific character semantics. And again, I, I, again, you could have put any amount of humor in that movie. I don't know if it would have saved the quality. I think that movie was doomed before, but
1: regardless of which characters were in it. I think if Green Lantern were... But yes, and the casting, and there was a bunch of problems with Justice League, but if Green Lantern was had the ability to be in that movie, which he should have been then they don't have to rely on Ezra Miller's Flash for all of the comedy. The Flash would then, in turn, be a better character. I, again, I, I, I hate to it cut just, you off, but it, it, that, that's, that
0: does sound like a little bit of a personal bias against the casting. That, that doesn't necessarily reflect the quality. Of it. I'm not saying you're wrong, but what no. I'm saying is that, that, again, that sounds like a little bit of a personal bias against like certain actors, which, again,
1: the, the reason why that movie failed no. goes so far beyond certain casting choices, it, I think. I, but I don't... like. I'm, I'm not saying Ezra Miller's a bad Flash. I don't think he's a very good Barry Allen, but... I'm a big Flash guy, so you, there is biases there. But when, we're, when you're trying to make, make this movie, you're saying, okay, we need certain characters for certain roles. And in the Justice League, they're very defined roles. And I think Hal Jordan with Barry Allen are some of the comedic relief, but Barry Allen isn't this dumb, dim-witted, brand-new-to-the-scene character like he had to be in the in Justice League because they didn't have the Green Lantern to be there as more of the comedic relief. In terms of characters themselves, that's what doomed, I th- in my opinion like the Flash's character because he had to carry too much of that movie on just his comedic relief Well, and, and I we're not talking about Justice League as a whole movie here but that's where I think the DC Universe had to be like you know what we can't do the Marvel t- uh, like whole we-, we can't do that well what do we call it? i keep i'm blanking on the word right now, but well, that formula yeah we can't do that formula because marvel did it all right and then we did green lantern and it blew up so now we got to do the dark well, well, universe just, we're gonna start well, with what I, think, second, what I think and that's, that's where it started to me.
2: what i think that stems from is because i see your points there <clears throat> i think it's like it's dangerous when you try to play catch-up and have art compete yes, in the first 100%. place oh,
1: it was the catch up that ruined
2: it yeah so well, well to, to kind of bounce off of that point overall it, it's again it, it, it's again I, I
0: don't want to knock down any of your points but I think that the, again it's I said this before the idea of the of why Justice League didn't work goes so far beyond individual casting oh, like that 100% I agree but with you what I'm gonna say the kind of my two cents of the whole thing and again you're you're right bouncing off of your points of what you said about Green Lantern and Zack Snyder what Doom DC what Doom DC I don't think was the idea of um the cinematic universe I still think that weirdly enough even with the tone that they chose, you know, kind of the darker, again, I hate saying that word, but because it's more of an edge lord, but say it you will because because again, but the reason why I'm willing to give that sect of DC the slight benefit of the doubt, and why my problem is more so with how Warner Brothers handled it and not necessarily how Zack Snyder did is because regardless of Zack Snyder's approach, again, the idea of jumping from a man of steel origin right into a basically the equivalent of your civil war. Yes. Literally, it's like, oh, and the fact that those movies were originally supposed to come out on the same weekend? <laughs> Like, here. get the fuck out of here. Like, I'm sorry, that was just <laughs> dumb on Warner Brothers' part. But, so why I blame them more. But the thing about it is that Snyder had a vision. Snyder kind of wanted to be kind of the Kevin Feige of that. It's just his vision would only have been included five movies. Not, like, an entire 20-plate cinematic universe. He had a five movies in plan. It was, um...
1: Man of Steel. Man of Steel.
0: I think he wanted to do a solo Batman movie. Um, Batman vs. Superman... And then two Justice League movies. That was it. That was all he wanted to do. And that would have included everything, kind of.
2: I didn't know that. And because you said that, I now think I realize if there was any confusion about what I was trying to say earlier, I think I realized a way to really pinpoint how I was trying to express this. Do you think that this Disney formula, like, has, because that would have been probably a complete thought out. Yes. five film arc and, and, we saw been, it, and I don't it. think
0: it would have been necessarily great but it would have been kind of a good counterbalance to what you said about the Disney formula in terms of giving us something different because 100%. I, because his whole goal regardless of what you would have gotten from those movies subject matter wise consistency wise tonal wise say what you will about them at the very least he had an idea for something that would have been big and huge and kind of on the level of Marvel while at the same time saying something different where if Marvel is supposed to be kind of like about the optimistic side and kind of, again, as our professor Pat Huber has said, kind of the idea of kind of depending on superheroes to carry everything out for us and kind of in a way, again, I feel like the biggest theme about the Avengers, if you even want to call it a theme, is kind of restoring our faith ...in Heroes, you know, because the whole big thing about the... the ...one of the biggest driving forces about that first Avengers movie... ...is the fact that everybody seems so cynical... of the fact that, oh, can superheroes really save us... ...or anything like that, you know... ...versus DC was literally... ...this, at least Snyder's planned version of DC... ...was going to be the idea of the dark, destructive powers of DC... ...of superheroes and what they can actually infringe upon the modern world... ...which again was to me what made like kind of the first 10 minutes of Batman versus Superman compelling, which is what made Batman an interesting character. I'm like, wow, within 10 minutes of screen time with no origin, again, a completely new Batman, we actually have a more compelling character to me than anything I got from Superman in that Man of Steel movie, where this is a human response to an alien monster destroying his planet. But then I was so good.
2: But like,
1: I'll let you go first.
2: Oh, no, sorry. Yeah, I just wanted to finish my point. So... That was even better to illustrate what I'm about to say. So on top of all that, what Snyder would have given us would have at least been a clear direction, yes. which is what I think DC's not lacking. And to me, it almost well, I still seems think they're lacking it. But. Yeah, right, right. It's what I'm saying. And to me, it almost seems like the 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 power that Disney has gained by having such a clear vision before even and putting boots to the ground. No competition, also because well,
0: competition is only seated to one thing. In well, let, embarrassing me themselves. let me finish. Let
2: me finish what I'm what I'm trying to say goes to that tune. In a sense, it almost seems. That because they are such monsters at the box office in this field and their other big competitor is DC, it almost seems like DC was sort of bullied out of having like a shorter, more complete narrative arc because they, you know, everyone caught wind that, wow, there's phase one, two, three, four, five. I mean, how long is this going to go? We can't just have five movies. We need to go forever to compete that with our number problem. one competitor. Yep. That, that was the problem. So the yep. question's answered. But that's to me, that's wrong. Because art shouldn't be a competition. Tell the best story you can tell with the pieces you have. Yep. And and I think that, I mean, this... What are we at? We're halfway through the podcast? I mean, I'd be okay with taking it here because I think this is part of why this conversation even exists is because in this culture of you can tweet at a creator and tell them what you think. Whereas in the, in the, in the past, maybe they wouldn't read your fan mail. Maybe you wouldn't even want to go through all the trouble to send a letter. Now there's such a, a quick way to get... Uh, an answer about your product that we didn't have back in the day that I think sort of perpetuates this sort of like need to sort of feed the audience and and keep giving this sort of like oh okay they like that one good let's keep it going whereas like if you look at like 1990 you know maybe maybe goodfellas wouldn't have been made if, if Scorsese had this pressure of social media and he had to put out a goodfellas too like we, 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 we are so far off now because we have the ability to tweet at our creators and, and DM our creators and tell them how much we love their property and demand more, even almost. Nerd culture is pretty demanding these days. Oh, just a little. That, Let's sign a we, petition. Let's do it. That we can't have. We can't have just like a one-off that fits, or like a five movie arc like Snyder wanted, and that yeah. that, that upsets me. Do you feel yeah. that same way about social media? Am I just crazy? No, you're completely right, and I think
1: that's why some of these movies like older the like the thor dark worlds and the iron man's like they didn't have as much criticism as we do now for movies like the suicide squad right because i mean you
0: had the social media response but it's still even as recently as as 2013 was not even close to the level that we have it now
1: and i just think that to your points earlier about talking about like kevin feige and taking over marvel and him having this clear vision and like we want to do this 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 and this if i think and this is my opinion i'm interested to see what you guys think about this if they had trusted Zack Schneider and whoever it is at Warner Brothers who is ruining all of this and it's probably the people that they can't get rid of. I think it's like a bunch of people that have like gotten fired by
0: this point. I don't remember. I think Walter Hamada was in there at one point. Jeff Johns was overseeing it at some yeah, point. I Jeff think John- he's not well, doing it now. has been great. But yeah, comics, yeah, but Jeff like, Johns has mostly, yeah. been
1: doing, mostly been sticking to TV stuff because he yeah. realizes that's his forte. And just to point this out right here and I'll go back to my point. DCTV far superior yeah marvel's trying to get into it now and yeah. I, I hope it's good wandavision yeah, no, dc
0: cracked the formula on how to do uh, on how to do like universes within tv like they been to the point where they've been doing it now for
1: years loved it check it out flash my favorite character of all time he's in the he's got a great show arrow has been great dc even uh legend of tomorrow was pretty good i mean uh, they're, I watched they're it a definitely few times.
2: tongue-in-cheek shows but they work and but they're they're they succeeding, work for what so. they are
1: exactly so they back work. to the formula and like if they had just trusted Zack schneider to do his thing. I very much liked Man of Steel. I think Batman versus Superman gets a lot of flack. I know you personally don't like it, but I what you were saying, movie. the first 10 minutes, it was there. First like 10 minutes are compelling. I think, the rest of it is meandering nonsense. But me. I, I'm pretty sure, and I—I I, of course I'm biased. I, I want to see Zack Snyder. I want them to release the Snyder Cut of Justice League he i feel like he did have this vision and because warner brothers is seeing what marvel's doing and what disney is doing they have 30 movies all these crazy things that they're doing they're like no we need that we need that so we need you to bring in the green lanterns we need you to bring in all these crazy things Where if they had just let schneider have this five movie arc with you saw it you saw the flash come to batman and talk about lois is the key and Possibly even doing the Injustice timeline, which is the darkest and arguably one of the best comic book series of oh,
2: DC. It's the
0: end all be all of it when he was going to do kind of the ju- just again, kind of to get into like real Darkside, nerd of what I know. Yeah. Well, yeah, dark side was going to be the thing it, where they, well, they were going to oh, do Justice let's League. Let's go, let's go. Well, let <laughs> me tell you. So, Justice League Parts 1 this was the plot. So, Justice League Part 1 was again kind of originally supposed to be kind of along the lines of the Justice League that you saw, only a little bit longer, a little bit more in Snyder's wheelhouse. Where again, the, the biggest thing about Justice League that I can say again is the fact that they brought on Joss Whedon for the reshoots. No fault against him, but it, again, he was stuck with an impossible task. But you would have had, like, a more Snyder-esque version of that. And I think it actually ended with them. Yeah, they brought back Superman. I think, like, one of them got kidnapped, and then they ended up going to Apocalypse. Yes, exactly. Or something like that. And then I think in part two, like, it's a fight on Apocalypse. I think the whole thing is Batman ends up dying, like, in the fight with Darkseid or something like that.
1: And then, like, and to the people who don't know the Injustice, like, video games or comics, they're fucking incredible. Like, and it's such a change from what we have seen in Marvel. Cause it's Marvel's just like, put on the tights, we're superheroes, this is what we are, and you love it. That's the Disney formula, right? But if we did that with DC and DC does this in justice timeline and they do this super dark universe, that's where their moneymaker would have been. You you have a what you did what you have there is you
0: have basically kind of taken the idea of something like a watchman or the boys, like have yes. like this niche superhero thing with a budget and with the storytelling and the filmmaking behind it
1: on the level of a Marvel movie. That's what you have if this goes through. Would you guys have because like right now it's that Marvel formula like we were just yes. talking about. So like Infinity War, all this stuff great. But if we had this very dark universe where Superman goes evil and kills the Joker who he thought, like all this stuff that, I don't want to spoil Injustice I anymore, I don't, I don't know like, specifically that's incredible. what would happen, but
0: kind of to bounce off of your point is what I think that gives us, besides obviously counter-programming that actually makes a difference and isn't just kind yeah. of, you know, yeah. exists for us to be entertained by and when, when we know it, like it's not even going to do a scratch on the dent for Marvel. Uh, what it gives us is kind of I don't want to say counter-programming, but it it gives us kind of this other perspective into kind of what superheroes are on the level of a mainstream like Marvel at a time when you can actually do something mainstream that'll be recognized by that big of an audience on that level. That's what you have. Versus now, which is pretty much Marvel dominating over everything, and then with all the streaming services and all the million different ways that you can access all of your favorite streaming shows and everything... Obviously, it wasn't to the level in 2013 as it is now, but you have all that. And now, obviously, because of, again, it's a little bit more, uh, it's a little bit of something other than, it's exterior forces outside of, obviously, the two studios and what they did and how they're vastly different handlings of the different IPs. It also has to do with the rapid, advancing technology, what streaming has done to everything, you know, kind of creating all these little niches and everything, kind of taking away from the idea of there being that one big, overarching, popular thing for everybody to watch, but that's what you have if this version goes through. And, and I think Snyder. that they wouldn't have and, even had to compare, right? And and, 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 in ahead, little, yeah. and but but to wrap up my point overall is again, say what you will about Snyder and his problematic. I agree. I don't think Snyder is a good filmmaker. I think that he is a g- incredible cinematographer, and no. he is he is great at achieving a very specific aesthetic look that is that cannot be replicated. I think by anybody else. I think he is a miserable storyteller. I think he has all the right ideas what he needs that's to do true. with these superhero movies. But there's a reason why his straight adaptations of novels have always been better than his original ideas because his idea of an original idea is superheroes moping and brooding <laughs> and speaking their feelings out loud rather than actually be embodying the themes that he wants to express so badly. You yeah. know what
2: I'll say to that, Dom? Like Joe, I think, was trying to say by bringing up Injustice and Flashpoint and all these other great storylines because that's what I've been trying to say from the start of this episode is that it it baffles me, and I guess we've sort of sort of cleared that up. But at the beginning of this episode, it, I, I certainly was just baffled and almost distraught because I love these characters in this universe so much. At the fact that if there's so much good material, albeit from video games, from the TV shows, from the comics, where it all stems from, why is DC failing? And and so I I think that's that's I, you Brothers, know short to answer. me yeah, yeah to <laughs> me <laughs> to me it's because Marvel changed the game. And, and everyone else sort of panicked and that's, what, I'm, that's what I've am That's what i learned from this episode and, and and you know what playing catch up is the number one way in art to fail you need to find your voice because guess what the the DC characters aren't as bright and shiny they're not as polished and clean cut Dep- as I the mean, Marvel depending characters on the, depending on the version at the very least I
0: mean you asked yeah. me like again just going back to the idea of Marvel vs DC in it's originality not in it's current cinematic form but to me the DC heroes were always brighter and shinier because the whole thing is that the Marvel heroes were supposed to be us they were supposed to be like more of the regular average Joe, down to earth people versus the DC were kind of like these always again the the seven they were supposed to be like kind of the equivalent of the Greek gods basically the Greek pantheon where it's kind of these uh, idols that we strive to be but can never kind of reach
2: you know and I guess that's where that's that's also why I love art and talking about this medium because it's all interpretive. See, to me, the uh, the DC backstories and what those characters go through before you meet them, and then where you meet them, and, and, and read them, and watch them, it it always feels more relatable and more like they've overcome something greater than like an Iron Man or, or Captain America. Who they, these are all obviously compelling backstories that's why these characters stand the test of time and in my opinion and our opinions about if they're great or not doesn't matter because they've already claimed their legacy yeah. but so to me dc has always sort of had the more compelling backstory the darker side and i just think that like yeah you know social media is a factor in this marketing is a factor in this as streaming we touched services. upon Big streaming services now, being a new now. currency it, it, it all just seems like marvel maybe their infrastructure was sort of able to understand how to play the game in the 2010s better than other companies and so yeah i think what i've learned from this conversation is that like these are great characters but like to compete in in 2020s going forward like you got to play the game but you also have to do it your own way because the the marvel formula i think we're seeing it it only works for them they figured it out for them but you that's that crazy. Is, to me. That is that how is crazy strong
1: the DC characters are, is that we can still talk about why we're giving them more chances. The reason yeah. why like their their formula failed, their Zack under experiment failed. And I think like if that were to come true and those movies were good and they had say someone like disney to run it instead of warner brothers and both of them were at their pinnacles and that we weren't having a conversation of who's better it would have been the bright universe of marvel versus the dark universe of dc and you can't even very much compare them at that time so there wouldn't be as much of this like argument of like how much better is the other one because like obviously marvels winning that but if those movies were good and jack schneider's like universe and direction and and tone that he wanted came through it would have been great and i think the the it, it would have ignited this kind of like we love marvel but we also love dc and that's how strong the dc characters are right now because that experiment failed and we're still giving them a chance wonder woman was a fantastic movie aquaman shazam they're going back to these roots that had started what like this formula that marvel has created they're now going back to that and because these characters are so strong that's why now dc is kind of getting their legs back under them but i kind of want to ask you guys what like is your favorite dc character marvel character or just favorite character overall and like why you love them so much because i think we've been talking about these universes of like we love marvel we love dc we're kind of going more towards like the cinematic approach but like what had what made you guys fall in love with your favorite character dc marvel either of those well i,
0: I just i sorry to completely backtrack off that question but i just had one more point to kind of drop kind of what you were saying about how strong the dc characters are which is there you're right so, Marvel changed the game, They proved that, and they proved that they could only do what they could do. Again, every other studio, not just counting DC, failed at trying to... You know, DC failed. Sony failed. Uh, Universal failed when they tried yep. to do that dark universe monstrosity with the mummy yeah, that, that failed stupid. after one movie. You know, <laughs> it seemed like they could, only, they, they could only be able to actually get it to work on TV. But so, it's two things. One, I think the reason why we're still willing to give them the benefit of the doubt, not just because of the strength of those characters, but because they actually were the only studio that did learn from their mistakes of trying to copy Marvel and managed to take it from a different direction where every movie that they've done since Justice League has not kind of been an apology that's the wrong word to use but has kind of been doing their own thing where now you're kind of seeing them pursue almost like what the animated movies do which is where you kind of have them just doing their kind of own solo one-off adventures like the Joker with these characters again like the Joker like Shazam like Aquaman you know those are three vastly different movies if you think about it and I love that they are three vastly different characters again it's the same thing that I criticize Star Wars about but I love that DC is doing that now you know yeah. and now yeah. with Props obviously with, with Birds of Prey being the most recent edition you know when Wonder Woman 84 comes out I have no idea whether that how that movie is going to be a sequel to Wonder Woman because that, that first Wonder Woman movie was still existed in a world where the Snyderverse was in effect you know yeah you know I have what? no idea how it's gonna tie in, you know? And then with the movies that we're getting after that, you know, the Batman movie, the Matt Reese is directing, the Suicide Squad movie that James Gunn is directing, uh anything else, Aquaman 2, Shazam 2, uh Flashpoint if, however, 2022. Flashpoint, whatever. If however they manage to bring back um Superman into it, you know. Yes. If they somehow manage to get Green Lantern off the off the ground, you know, whatever they do, they have proved that at the end of the day, just because something is a cinematic universe doesn't necessarily make that like one continuous storyline. And I think they've proved that, and I think that's the reason in and why we're continuing to give them chances. You yeah, and
2: so I think I think that we're sort of almost at the end of the rope here. So I think to Joe's question, I think it would be a fun way to end this episode Definitely. by by everyone going around and saying their favorite characters, but. Obviously, we all come from like a slightly different walk of life, what have you, on the topic of superheroes. But we all have different points, but they all still mean a lot to us. So even with the, flaw- the flaws and-, and the faults and the triumphs and the failures that we've witnessed with this past decade of superheroes, Let's, let's also say like why that character means something exactly. to us because I think that will help paint the picture of like why we're even having this conversation and, and debating it so intensely <laughs> when really it's just like a small little comic thing that's like just it's just fun. It's a pastime. Yeah, I, I think if media so. has proved one thing today, it's that these small little comic things are worth billions of dollars and that makes yeah. them
0: like more than just these small little comic things yeah, yeah. so let's
2: let's put, put our personal attachment to it so you know what joe since you proposed the question you're our guest we'll let you go first this time i know we put you last in that the last episode <laughs> you were the with us. God, last God, that implied. was so long ago now that episode birds of <laughs> prey but you know what joe let's let's have you start off who's your favorite character and, and why does that mean so much to you man so, i think i know the answer I, yeah i think you guys <laughs> all know
1: the answer um barry allen's the flash mm-hmm. um Obviously, he's been portrayed in, like, a bunch of different ways, whether it's, you know, from comics or from TV to now the movies. Um, My favorite storyline, like, obviously for a lot of Flash fans, is going to be Flashpoint. And it's just the, the most compelling, but it's also the one that DC uses to reset a lot of things. They use the Flash to, you know reset their universe which they're about to do with all this stuff we will not get back into the movies because we just love the flash here um barry Allen is definitely my favorite you're
0: forgetting the fact that the flashpoint also kind of was the reason why we got for the first time ever a dc Watchmen crossover with Tuesday
1: clock and that they use yeah so yeah like to your point there the flash is a is a portal to all of these things happening if marvel and dc ever came together the Flash probably would have something to do with it, you know? And all these crazy crossovers that you think of that can happen, my guy, The Flash, Barry Allen's going to probably be, you know, traveling back in time to fuck something up. But, like, to that <laughs> point, like, I personally just love The Flash so much because I've always been obsessed with, like, speed and these kinds of things as, like, a fast, like, little dude playing sports and all that. But just, like, the first comic book I ever got was The Flash. And that was where I, like, absolutely fell in love with the character. He's an extremely smart person when it comes to his... Um, knowledge of crime and forensics, and that's what I really, really love about the character. And he's super smart in that way. But then he is this very righteous, like very just person. And then, like in the Justice League, and when you see him in all these different adaptations, he's the kind of person that will give up everything for one person or the millions, sacrifice his life like he does in in many of these comics. Crisis on Infinite Earths, he literally sacrifices himself um, to save billions and to save the world to save the multiverse. And he's just very, you know, he has that personality that you're infected to, that you're enthralled by. He's funny, but he's not the com- super comedic relief, um, which is like kind of some issues that I had with like the Ezra Miller version. But again, won't go into that, but just all of his stories, reverse flash, all the speeds that he fights. It's just so enthralling to me to watch those storylines because he is, he has this very um, like really nice mindset uh, when it comes to like his villains, and he's never like everybody has a chance with him, you know. No, nobody's inherently evil. To the Flash, he's always trying to make these changes in in people. He's never trying to just completely stop someone or kill someone or things like that. Like he's always giving people the benefit of the doubt, and I think that's what I love so much about the Flash too is that all of these villains that he goes through eventually become people that he can go to and confide in and and confide in rather and giving just giving people that extra chance and i won't go any further on that because i know you guys will probably have a lot of stories like that but that's why the flash is my favorite wally west's flash is also amazing but i think barry allen obviously being the main one um would be my favorite flash and i can't wait for the flash Boy movie
2: cool yeah so for me my favorite uh superhero and i guess i'm also going to be in the dc corner on this one surprise surprise um <laughs> is aquaman and the reason being Because when I first got back into comics after, you know, I read them when I was a kid. I mean, I feel like most children that are boys do. (laughs) And um, so when I got older, I was like, okay, like, there's a buzz right now in the theaters. This is like around like 2014. Uh, You know, I was like, I I go to these movies every now and then. Let me read where all this comes from. And so I was drawn to the Aquaman comic because... I wanted to know why he was even in the Justice League, why he was a player on like, the bigger stage of DC, because you know he's just the guy that talks to fish, right? <laughs> and so I knew there was something more there, and goddammit, am I glad that I read <laughs> that, because there is... This whole world under the ocean in DC that is so mesmerizing. I love the villains. I love like the setting, the way it all looks, the design. Yep. How he is the black sheep in the Justice League, but he when he comes in clutch, he comes in clutch. Like they need him for that very small niche thing. But he if he wasn't there, that mission might not have gone right. So I love how he's sort of like. Even though he is one of the elite heroes in the DC universe, he's still the odd man looking out. And why does that resonate with me? I've sort of always felt that way as like an artist and a creator. I've always sort of felt like I was, you know just as capable as my friends who I see going on to do stuff and, and, like, create things that resonates with an audience. But, like, it always seems like I'm getting there last or, like, it takes a little longer. And so, for me, like, to see this guy who's, like, just happy to be there and biding his time and, and, and has, like, his moment to shine, it just it taught me that, like, patience is very much so needed in any form of art. And this character is literally one of the most patient motherfucking characters i've ever seen but when he gets his moment it's big like his most recent movie which was a hit so that that's why i like aquaman i feel like he is one of the more human characters although it's so funny to fucking say because he lives underwater and can speak to fish which is something that humans can't possibly do and i know as preposterous as that sounds that's why it resonates with me so i'm going with my boy aquaman dude arthur curry yo baby uh I dig it. <laughs> also, I like redhead so you know.
1: Oh, I dig it. Got <laughs> All right.
0: So again, kind of bring it back. Again, this is probably gonna shock a lot of people considering how much praise I've sung for Marvel, and I like the Marvel movies. I, I like them a lot. But for me, I've always been a DC guy, and I remember DC? going back as far as I was a little kid. Again, wow, always I'm always surprised big, by this. Oh yeah, oh yeah. This is gonna shock you. So, oh, I think I know what it is. The whole big thing was is whenever I was in the car, I remember this very vividly, sitting in the in the car with my backseat with my brothers, and would always be like, you know, who's your favorite superheroes? My youngest brother Mateo was Spider-Man. My brother Jared was Superman, and mine was Batman. I'm like, I don't know Batman. why. I don't know why. I had costumes. I don't even remember what my earliest memory of watching Batman was. I think, like, the earliest memory I have is, like, there was this, you know, my, my grandpa showed me the Batman 66 movie, you know, and I had a, and I had fun with that, you know. But, like, it was always a thing of where, I don't know why, there's just something cool about a guy who dresses up as a bat, you know, when, knowing <laughs> nothing about the character. All I knew was his tragic origin, and that was it, you know, and all the colorful villains that he fought. And when I watched Batman Begins, that to me was besi- again I don't know what it was, but were, that movie spoke to me because uh, weirdly enough, I did not read a lot of comics as a kid. Like I read a decent amount to like be educated, but like I, it wasn't just a thing that I wrote. I was much I was I was a novel kid from when I was a little kid. You know, like I I like when everyone else was reading comics, I was reading Harry Potter. You know, yeah. I was reading Wars. That's my thing. So I was always into the... I, I was into the idea of serialized stories long before everyone else kind of... You know, a lot of other people got into that through movies and TV. For me, it was always books. But mm-hmm. there was something always fascinating about, to me about that character. You know, something a lot more tragic, a lot more, you know, again, dare I use it, dark. But... It was kind of the... It was kind of the... The, the thing that... The, to me, that the characters in fiction that I've, always, that I've always related the most to, and again, I don't know what this says about me, are kind of the outsiders. The guys who... They're not in the mainstream. They're looked at mostly as freaks or weird and not being as accepted by everybody else. But because they've kind of got that outsider mindset, they don't really think like the rest of the the normies, for lack of a better word. That's what kind of always gives them the edge, and that's what will always, at the end of the day, give them the one-upsmanship. Because as we've talked about time and time again with real life, it's not the guys that follow all the rules all the way. That make it, it's the guys who think outside the box and the guys that, that think of ulterior solutions. You know, it's one of the reasons why we love the anti-hero so much. Because the modern-day anti-hero, at least some of our favorite ones, are always seem to be the ones that have break it broken kind of those rules and been able to be successful because of it, you know? And yep. so that to me was always once I really got into the character, and really began to understand him. What to me made Batman not only one of the most compelling characters in comic books, but one of the most compelling fictional characters ever. Oh, 100%. Because he is the guy who obviously, besides the fact that he's the only guy. In the Justice League, with no real superpowers, you know. Obviously, Green Lantern, yeah, but he's got the ring, you yep. know, all that good stuff. You know, Wonder Woman and Superman's an alien. Wonder Woman's basically the embodiment of a Greek goddess. Aquaman is an Atlantean. All this other stuff, you know, Cyborg is half human. All that stuff. Mention the Flash. T- talk about I, the, well, the Flash has actual superpowers, but um, <laughs> what's it called? He, he, even if he wasn't born, then like he still has superpowers. Yep. But Batman again. Besides the fact of yeah, he's the only guy on the team. That has no powers and a bag of gadgets. So why is it that whenever push comes to shove, why is it you always want him in your corner? Yeah, he's not as strong as Superman. Yeah, he isn't as powerful as Green Lantern or the Flash. Yeah, he he may not also be as funny as them, you know. But you always want him in your corner. Because of his origin, the way he's been utilized in fiction, he always knows everything that's going to happen 10 steps ahead of time. And yeah, that makes him probably more of a less likable character, you know, especially in some of the more recent iterations of Justice League, you know, because he's always the guy that ends up having to make the hard call when none of the other Justice League have for Justice Leaguers have to. But to me, it's that it's those types of characters that have, Always been way more relatable to me and way more interesting than a lot of the other traditionalized characters, you know, even with the ridiculous getup. And obviously that's been modified for modern day with all the various different iterations of to me. But to me, that's why Batman is my favorite character.
1: Okay. Going off that, since all of us picked DC, no explanation. Just tell us who your favorite Marvel character is. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, no explanation. Just like your, what's your favorite character? I don't
0: know. Like if, if we're not giving like a big detailed explanation,
1: that's a problem that I, I have a lot to pick from. Uh, i'm gonna g- I'll go first to make you guys get like a little extra second yep. iron man was my favorite because of the movies but i think my favorite uh overall would be like nightcrawler just because i love that power yeah
0: it's, it's tricky because again there's there's too many to pick from but with oh, me so with many. marvel with dc i kind of like the individualized heroes more because there really aren't that many teams outside of the justice league mm-hmm. for me with marvel i always like the team aspect more i like the x-men i like the avengers a lot i like the fantastic four but if i had to pick one um solo hero, it would probably be the hulk Just because you know the the really compelling, you know that the age old Jekyll and Hyde formula and how they've been able to play around with that over the years. So yeah, Iron Man again because of the movies. Captain America also a lot because of the movies, movies. but yeah, the Hulk.
2: Yeah, for me, I think it was Ghost Rider. Because I think that <laughs> everyone wishes they were that badass. And so you need to find something to like live vicariously through. That yep. sort of umbrella of like not giving a fuck. And so Ghost Rider gives me that. And nothing All says right. that like
0: being played by Nicolas Cage and yet another coke-fueled mid-2000s <clears throat> performance with a
2: flaming yep. skull. Yep, Hell 100%. Yeah. That definitely informed that decision. With that being said, guys, this was different, but this was really fun. Joe, why don't you start us off and how we end this by uh, telling people where they can find you, how they can keep up to date with all things. Average Joe. (laughs) Well, uh, not your average nerd, uh, which I'll change all my things
1: to now, (laughs) but, uh, it is at NY average Joe, um, on both Twitter and Instagram, uh, come nerd out. I'm getting back into the nerdism. So let's go, bro. Let's be honest.
2: You never left the nerdism. Oh yes. You just took a break, man. That's okay. You took a little nerd. Hiatus. Yeah. So with that being said, you can find me anywhere that matters at, Christian Ivanko. I make music in my band, The Stash, spelled just how it sounds, not mustache, like a little cool, like little sort of like national treasure stash that you find. And uh, I had to throw another Nick Cage in there. And, and also, <laughs> I make podcasts, one of which you obviously know since you're listening to it right now. And, and thank you so much for that. I think we, we don't say thank you enough, but we really mean it. And the other one is a show called Talking with Andrew and Chris. It's like an interview show where we talk with guests and talk about music and life and everything in between. But the one thing both of the those shows have in common is there is no G we yank the G right out of there we it's, yank that G all we right. yank that G right out of there that's talking with no G anywhere that matters and I'm gonna hand it over to my main man Dom, the movie nerd. Well, Chris, thank you for that
0: graceful pass-off. But yeah, to wrap this up, of course, you guys can find me across all social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, not Twitter, because I deleted Twitter, and YouTube, at Movie Nerd Reviews. And of course, follow us, again, to reiterate what Chris said. Talking TV, across all platforms, any place that you can find and listen to podcasts. Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, anywhere that you guys enjoy listening to. Two podcasts and, and we're in anywhere in the listening format, and hopefully soon the video format on YouTube as well. Talking TV, no G, or
1: Talking TV podcast. So
2: with that said, Chris,
1: before you say the thing, before you say the thing, I just want to thank you guys again for having me back on the show. Oh, kind great. Welcome.
2: Yeah, man. That's hey, so dude. Fun. Like, like we said the last time we had you, you, you thanked us, and most guests don't. Wanted so to do it before the end. You just <laughs> bought yourself a third episode, buddy. <laughs> the trilogy. The
0: trilogy. <laughs> the trilogy. Got to get All trilogy. right. And with that being said, That's guys. Watch more fucking movies. We out!